I can do all things through Christ who has strengthened me. I can do all things through Christ who has strengthened me. I can do all things through Christ who has strengthened me. I can do all things through Christ who has strengthened me. Can I? This is a scripture that is quoted so often within a body of Christ. I have heard it tremendously throughout my entire life as a child who grew up within the church and as someone who remained within the faith. I've heard it preached so many times and really it was not really preached or taught or expounded where I've always heard it was as a victorious statement of no matter what I go through that I can go I can do all things through Christ and unfortunately the emphasis was on the I and not the through Christ that scripture is about Christ we can't overcome and we can't go through anything and overcome anything because why Christ conquered it all. So when Paul is saying in this passage of scripture, I can do all things through Christ is because he meant that. He served with him. He walked with him. He saw what Christ went through. He was a part of the ministry, the beginning of Christ's ministry. He saw him being crucified. He had the moment of realizing that he was now resurrected. And now there was this commission for him to go and preach and teach the Bible. I mean, teach and preach the word of God so that he can be proclaimed. Christ's name will be proclaimed and people will come into the fold and be restored in their rightful place. I can do all things through Christ, but the key word is Christ, not the I, Christ. Hmm, can I do all things through Christ? Welcome back to Conquering Me Podcast. We are on episode uh, 20. Wow. Are we on episode 20 already? It doesn't seem like we're on episode 20. I just feel like we've just been having fun talking about the word of God. And hopefully throughout this process, we are all reflecting. And I am always going to say we because I am right there with you. I am a believer that we will never arrive. What I mean by that is there is not a place or this pinnacle in our walk with Christ to where where we will know all and see all and all these other type of things. And there's nothing else for us to learn of God. Because if we ever get to that place, then that means that we are now God and we will never be God. So, (laughs) and we will never know all things of God and all the mysteries of God. He is so loving where he does reveal things to us. But We will never get to this pinnacle to where it's just, this is it. I have arrived. And I love being in that position because I will always be his student. I will always be at his feet. I always pray, God, keep me at your feet so that I can always see and understand your word from a different perspective in the new season that I'm in. Every day is another day to receive a new revelation from God or to receive another layer of what you have just learned uh, from the day before, right? So it is so many things that we can learn from God and grab from him, but we have to have that heart posture and mindset. That leads us straight into this beautiful scripture. 
I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I want to read it in its entirety, in its context. And we'll go back to what I said in the beginning of the podcast and the intro part of how I have heard it taught now. And I'm saying I because I cannot speak for your experience, but I have always heard um, I can do all things through Christ who has strengthened me as a, a basically like a declaration, which it really is. But I want to give it some more context so we can understand what Paul was saying here. So in Philippians, let's start at Philippians 4 and 4. We're going to read 4 through 14. And it says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Verse 7 says, And the peace of God will transcend all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content in whatever the circumstances. I know what is what it is to be in need, and I know what is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in every situation whether well fed or hungry whether living in plenty or in want i can do all things through him who gives me strength yet it was good for you to share in my troubles that's paul talking now what i said before was in the intro paul walked and talked with Christ himself. He saw the ministry. He saw the miracles. He saw the demons cast out. He saw people being resurrected. He saw all of these things. So he understood the power of God. He understood where his strength comes from. He understood that it is not for him, him being Paul, but it's for him, Christ, why he's able to do all of these things. Now he is writing to the church of Philippi. Philippi, And in this church, he's writing to them to give them thanks for their great support of his ministry. He is writing this while he is imprisoned. Now we have to remember during this time, the disciples were all forewarned, forewarned of what was to come. Jesus told them that they will be persecuted. Jesus told them that they will be uh, placed in jail. They will go through a lot of stuff for the sake of the gospel, for preaching and teaching the gospel. Because during this time, you have to remember, this is the beginning of the church, the beginning of our faith. So those who believed in God, but they didn't want to hear Christ, they were going to fight against this. This is not what the laws say. 
So they understood. The disciples understood that they were going to come against some persecution. They were going to go through some trials. So here is Paul writing his letter from prison, telling the church, this specific church, I can do all things through Christ who has strengthened me. I'm sorry, what? You're saying I can do all things through Christ who has strengthened me while you're in prison? What type of faith is that? You are literally in a physical bondage. But yet you said before that, I have learned to, to, be, in, to be content no matter what the situation is. He said, I've, I know what it's like to be hungry. I know what it's like to be well-fed. I know what it's like to have nothing. And I know what it's like to have it all. But in all things, I have learned to be content. Why? Because it is Christ who strengthens me. It is Christ that keeps me humble in the moments of when I have it all. It is Christ that gives me strength when I have nothing. It is Christ that is my perspective. Christ is my goal. So I can do all things through Christ. The emphasis is Christ and not I. Now, I don't want to remove us from the scenario. Because we are very, very, very important to God. We are very important to the ministry of God to make sure that his word is being proclaimed throughout the world. We are very important. We're needed. But what it cannot do is allow for scriptures to be twisted to where we are the center of the scripture. So when I've heard this, and the reason why I'm bringing this up, because I've heard this so many times from one-on-one conversations and even how it was preached and even how at one point, how I understood it. I understood the scripture of, yeah, Jennifer, you can do anything. So whatever you put your mind to, it was kind of like a mantra, right? Whatever you put your mind to, you can do it. But wait a minute, pause. As believers, what we do for Christ has to come from Christ so that Christ can get the glory. So if I'm saying I can do all things through Christ who has strengthened me, and I'm saying I can do all things through Christ because I want to get this new house. Now, okay, the house is a good goal. There's nothing wrong with wanting to wanting to own a home, especially for Americans. We push that. That is the quote unquote American dream. That's a part of the American dream. Get a good job, a good education, and a beautiful home make a certain amount of money, have your spouse, your husband or your wife and your 2.5. I remember at one point they used to say, I remember when they were, when I was a kid, they would say, you know, people will have 2.5 children. And I thought to myself, now how are you going to have a half a baby? That's neither here nor there, but that's part of the American dream of what is being that has always been sold to People, not just those who are born and raised in this country, but either those who have come over from their homelands to buy. They want the American dream. I can make it anywhere. So I took that mindset, and I'm just speaking for myself, where there are things that I wanted to do. I wanted to overcome. I wanted to accomplish. And I would take that scripture and use it as a mantra, but not understanding the full context of it. How Paul was writing this, he was saying, in any situation that I'm in, I'm learning to be content. Because why? I can do all things through Christ who has strengthened me because Christ is my strength. Christ is my all. So even if I don't get the dream job, can I still do all things through Christ? 
Even if the marriage doesn't work out or if I don't get the home or don't get what I wanted and what I desired, can I still do all things through Christ? Can I still walk in peace? Can I still walk in joy? Can I still have the hope of the Lord even if things don't work out? Even if I hear something from the doctor that I don't like, can I still have faith? Now, remember, this is the same Paul who was talking a few chapters ahead ahead to the Corinthian church. And he wrote a letter to them. And what he wrote to them, he was talking about, um, a lot of us know the three, when he said, I pray thrice for you to remove the storm from my side. And I'm going to read the scriptures. And it's the second Corinthians 12. And I'm going to start at five and end at 12. I mean, um, end at 12. So second Corinthians 12, five through 12. And the scripture says of such one of, of such a one, I will boast yet of myself. I will not boast except in my infirmities. Now, now what? I'm sorry. Now, before that, he's talking about this amazing vision and the story of a man that he said 14 years ago who had this encounter with God. And then he talks about this beautiful encounter that he goes into. I'm not even going to boast of myself. I'm just going to talk about my infirmities. I'm sorry. How, how does that bring God glory to talk about my infirmities? Well, let's read further, further. For though I might desire to boast, I will not be a fool, for I will speak the truth, but I refrain, lest anyone should think of me above what he sees me to be or hears from me, and lest I should be exhausted above measure of the abundance of the revelation. A thorn in my flesh was given to me, a messenger of the Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded to the Lord three times that I might that it may depart from me. And he said to me, this is the thing. Paul has something that came unto him. People have, a lot of scholars, biblical scholars and theologists have come up with what they think that thing is. And what I appreciate about the word of God, it does not pinpoint what Paul was actually going through. He just said it was something that was given to him, a messenger of the sat- of Satan to buffet him. So something that was given to him to take him out, to mess him up. But I appreciate the vagueness in what it was because now we can now place ourselves in that passage. We can place ourselves in that particular scripture and say, I am struggling with this, whatever your this is. And you have prayed to God so many times to remove that out from you. God, remove this. But this is what Christ's response was. He says this in verse 9. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasures in, in infirmities and in reproaches in needs in persecution and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. I have become a fool in boasting. You will, you have compelled me for I ought to have been commended by you. For in nothing was I behind the most eminent apostles, though I am nothing. Truly the signs of an apostle were accomplished among you with all perseverance and signs and wonders and mighty deeds. Let me tell you this. Paul could not.
could have easily talked about how amazing and dope he was. Real talk, hands down. Paul could have went through the list of things that he has done and accomplished, how he led and and really uh, was a spiritual father, you can say, because we use that terminology within the body of Christ now, a spiritual father to multiple churches. But he said, I refuse to boast in those things and any of the things that he has even encountered with his walk with Christ. But let me tell you about my infirmities and my issues. So can I do all things through Christ who has strengthened me? Paul made a conscious decision to talk about his issues and put the glory and the grace of God in the forefront. The reason why I am able to overcome these things or even to continue to walk and not fall off or continue to have these issues but remain in the fight is because through Christ. Christ says, my grace is sufficient for my strength is made perfect in weakness. So now let's go back to the key scripture that we have been talking about. That is Philippians 4 and 13. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Your strength is Christ. It is not your doing. It is not. Now, here's the thing. We can become very disciplined disciples, meaning our prayer life, our study life, and um, fasting life. All of these things are essential for us as believers. But it is not our strength, it is Christ. And what's coming to mind are these passages of scriptures, and I need to look up exactly where it is. But there's a parable where it talks about the workers. There are some workers who came at different times. So let's say the workers came in, some came in at uh, 8 o'clock. Some came in at 12, and another one came in at 4 o'clock. Clock out time is 5 o'clock. Everyone get paid at 5 or 1. 5 on 1, everyone gets their check. The people who came at the beginning of their day were upset that those who came in later got the same check. Our strength is not about how long we've been in this thing or even what we do. Our strength is who we serve because we all get a form of God's glory and all receive a reward of him no matter when we get in the game. So the strength and the equalizer is God. God makes this thing equal. There's, I, I, I don't know, and, and maybe you guys can email me, text me, or, or uh, I'm going to start a Facebook group, uh, Facebook page coming up. You put on the Facebook uh, page, but basically, I don't believe that there's certain sections in heaven. And not that I've read, I haven't read anything about, well, these are for the people who have served God for, for 50 years. These are for the people who, who fasted all the time. These are, now, this does not dismiss any of those things because all of those things are important. Like I said, us reading our word and us praying and us um, fasting and us having self-control, that's part of the fruit of the Spirit, self-control. All of these things are important. But it is not our strength. Our strength is Christ. Why is Christ our strength? Because he did it all for undeserving people. At the end of the day, 
some way, somehow, we have done something in our walk with Christ or throughout our lives that has possibly made God sad if we are aware of it or unaware of it. There is a love and compassion that he has for us that we will never truly be able to articulate. I truly don't believe that the human language is able to fully articulate the love of God. And what does that truly mean? Because I know for me, when I think about the love of God, I have to fight back tears. Because it is so great and immense to where it transforms our hearts and our minds. So I cannot take a scripture like I can do all things through Christ who has strengthened me and let the focus be on I. When I myself is still broken, I myself am still trying to figure life out. I'm trying to learn how to trust not only myself and other people, but let alone trust God. There are layers to trusting in God. I knew how to trust him when I was in college. I knew how to trust him in my 20s. I knew how to trust him in my 30s. But God, now I'm in a new season. How do I trust you in this new season? How do I trust you and really know how to walk in this thing when you've lost a loved one? When life did not go the way you want it to. So I can't focus on I because I, I am broken. We are all broken, but through grace. Through grace. It is his grace that is sufficient and his strength that is made strong in our weakness. So no, it's not like I'm sitting back like I'm just happy that I have struggles. And I don't believe that's what Paul was saying, that he was like, yeah, I'm happy. Yeah, 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 I'm happy that I have problems and issues and struggles. Yeah, that makes me more relatable. No. Paul said, I have no problem with sharing this with you because I understand where my strength comes from. I have no problem being transparent of saying, yeah, I struggle with this. But it's through God's grace, and this is the truth of it. When we hear believers... I heard this um, uh, this lady, she's a teacher. Her name is Jackie Perry. And it was an interview that she did with Kev on stage. This was like, it was during the pandemic. So I want to say it was about like a year, year and a half ago. And in this interview, she um, she has a book out. I think her first book, I think she has two books. But her first book is Good God, Good God Gay Girl. She talks about her life as a lesbian before coming into Christ. And now she's married. Her and her husband have four children. And it's interesting to hear her testimony because she did grow up in the church. And so she said in there that um, when the Lord, she said she heard the voice of the Lord told her to start uh, teaching. And I'm, I'm paraphrasing a lot of things. So to start teaching and the Lord, and but she was like, uh, God, you know, but I like girls. That's what she was saying. And she said, she heard the Lord say, uh, don't worry about all that. You just follow me. It's the grace that's sufficient. So a lot of us, in, as we've been taught, we're like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. You can't sit here and say that you still like girls and serve the Lord. And she honestly admitted to this. This was like last year, a year and a half ago. That um, And Kevin on stage, if you all don't know who he is, he is a comedian and he's a Christian comedian. Um, and he was messing with her. He said... 
do you still have struggle? Is sundress season still a struggle for you? He said, yeah. She said, she was like, yeah, it's still a struggle. And so, you know, he started joking and laughing and all that type of stuff. And she said, I still am attracted to women. I still have those desires. And people in the comments, some people understood where she was coming from, but then some people felt like it was sad because she was denying herself for this Christian faith. But we know as believers, all of us have to deny ourselves to a certain extent, whatever it is that we're supposed to give over to God. I've been going through this series with Michael Todd. Uh, if you know who Michael Todd is, he's the pastor of Transformation Church, phenomenal preacher. He has this series that just came out uh, called Cuffing Season, and it's about what we are cuffed to. And uh, the old terminology, what we will hear in the church is what we are bound to. And he goes through several things. And one of them was comfort. And one of them was about food. Some of you, you may not have an issue with maybe certain things with sexuality. But some of it may be some issues with food. It may be some issues with holding on to past things. It is a lack. You just want to be comfortable. Maybe you're a selfish individual. But you can't overcome any and everything that is in front of you because of Christ. So when Paul says, I can do all things through Christ who has strengthened me, yes, he can. But it's the emphasis is on the Christ, the one who has died for you, the one who has resurrected for you, the one who loves you, even when you didn't love yourself, the one who loves you, even though we continue to deny him over and over and over. We don't, we're not a hundred percent obedient, maybe like what we desire. We know that there's certain things that we should have done that God has called us to do. And yet we haven't done it for whatever reason. That's between you and God. But yet I'm talking about that love, that Christ that says, even if one sheep out of my hundred, the 99, they good, but I'm going after that one, that type of Christ, that love. So it is his grace that is sufficient and it's his strength that is made strong in our weakness. So when we become more vulnerable in God and more open to him, he becomes stronger. So therefore, I can do all things through Christ. I hope that you have received something. I hope that you gain a little bit or a different perspective of that scripture. Maybe you already understood that, that the emphasis was on Christ and um and it was not on I, or maybe for you, you never realized that you took that as a kind of like a daily affirmation and you focused more on what you wanted and not what God wanted. Because the only way for me to do the things of Christ, I must know Christ first. My desires have to align with Christ. There's a, a scripture in Matthew 6, 33. It says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. So the things that you desire and that you want and that you want to conquer and that you know that God has called you to be. My question is, are we seeking the kingdom of God first and all of his righteousness? Are we seeking his character, his heart, his mind, the way he moves, the way he would decide for us to talk to? You want to be married, but the question is, have you prayed on the type of wife or husband that you're supposed to be? Teach me, Lord. There are biblical scriptures. There are scriptures about what a wife should be and what a husband should be. There are scriptures about what a parent should be. 
There's scriptures about everything. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Then I can move to Philippians 4 and 13. I can do all things through Christ who has strengthened me because I know, I know what it says in 2 Corinthians 12 and 5. Even in my weakness, he is made strong for his grace is sufficient. Everything circles back to God. I hope that you have received something. I hope that you have gained something. Um, Let us pray. You know, I always want to end with prayer and a call to salvation. Lord, we thank you for this time together. I pray that whoever is listening, when they are listening, God, that they have received something. Give them a new perspective of what they can do through you. Let them understand that it is through you. You are the focus. So therefore, God, give them understanding and deeper revelation of who you are. Place the desire in them so that they can thirst after you and hunger after you to read your word, to study your word, to spend time in prayer, listen to music and messages that really feed their spirit and not tear down their spirit. God, I thank you for maturing us all as believers so that we may reflect and represent you so that people can come into your kingdom and give you the glory. And God, this last call is for anyone who does not know you. They want to know what it's like to know you and the pardon of their sins. They want to know what it's like for your grace to be sufficient in as they struggle or whatever they may be going through. But God, I ask that you touch their hearts right now. And if you want to be saved, just repeat after me. Lord, I believe that you are the son of God. Forgive me of my sins. I believe in my heart that you rolled, that you died and rose for me. You love me. And I thank you for being patient with me and for entrusting me with your love. And I thank you for grooming me and growing me as every day passes. You are my friend and you are my God and my guide. If you have said that, you are now saved. You believe in him. He is your friend. He is your God. He is your guide. He is going to be with you. You are not alone. Heaven is rejoicing. We are rejoicing and we're going to rock with you. We are going to grow together as a family, as a family, as a family. We will grow together because why? We can do all things through Christ who has strengthened us. Love you all and speak to you next Friday.